1: Learn more at marines.com. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.
2: Hi, I'm Maria.
1: And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready. Ready.
2: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where
0: your heart is. So they want you to be ready.
1: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
0: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
1: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com teamready team ready. This is a production of ITM Media.
3: Yes, we are live once again on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, bringing you another episode of Ramblin' About Racing, joined always by our esteemed crew, uh, panel, I should say, crew, panel, whatever you want to call it, Austin Reeves and Charlie Herkus from South Alabama. Preston couldn't make it today, unfortunately. But gentlemen, how's it
2: going? Uh, it's going going good, so glad, glad to make it again for another episode I wish I had some good news from our weekend of racing, but yeah, what happened? nothing good What happened? at all happened. What, uh, so, I didn't get to practice. Okay, um, yeah. You know, I went out there. So, as I rolled onto the track at practice, a dang hind joint broke. What's a hind so joint? screws into the lower A arm, pretty much part of the suspension. Okay. So, on the front. It was the front hind joint that broke. But uh, it broke. As soon as I hit the track, so no practice. I didn't want to... I could have rushed and made second practice. Didn't want to do that. And as soon Rush. as did,
4: we had plenty of time. Well,
2: I, I still didn't want to necessarily just go out there. And now I wish I would have now, though, because as soon as I hit the track during the race, horrible vibration in the left front. Uh, eventually went away. Not sure what, not, still not sure exactly what it is. We're going to dig into that Wednesday night. Ran 10 laps and had another part break and we parted it. What, what part broke? Uh, the chain on the.
3: Oh, that chain. Again. that chain it didn't again. just come off. It snapped clean too this time. Oh, wow. Because I, I was watching the race. Kelsey live streamed the race and she was doing a great job. All of a sudden you were running well, running up front and then just stopped. And then at that point, it was so funny. At that point, when you went off the pace, the live stream stopped. I think I heard Austin up there like, oh, no.
4: And the live stream just cut out.
3: No, yeah, no. Nah, well, nah, if
4: it you. was me, I didn't say, "Oh no." I had a little more emphasis on my O's, and my, yeah, well, I didn't say, "Oh no." <laughs> I wish, I wish
3: Kelsey would have set, given a post race interview. That would have been, that would have made you. my day. Hey, Kelsey, mm-hmm. hey, Charlie Hercus, what happened out there? Like, leave me alone.
4: <laughs> I was upset for sure. Yeah, you wouldn't have wanted a post race interview. Not, not. He familiar. like, he like that took my head off when he opened the hatch of the car. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I was a little
2: upset. Just. Horrible night. Points lead's gone. Don't know what's going to happen from here. So just going to go through the car and have it ready for the 23rd and see what happens.
3: All right. Well, we're definitely going to be there. Uh, Caroline and I will be there at the South Alabama Speedway for you, Charlie. And I got a nice little show I'm putting together here. Hopefully it all fits in together. And hopefully the big thing for me is hopefully the weather holds up. I'm just hoping the yeah. weather holds up for that weekend so we can enjoy it like it's supposed to be. And enjoy it that night. It will be a lot of fun. I got something great fixing in the mix right there for YouTube. Can't wait for it. I just can't wait for it. It's going to be great. Hopefully it comes out really good. And this is going to be my first infield production thing. Like Preston and I wanted to do at Darlington. But that's only just crapped to bed when everybody was still worried about the COVID virus and everything. But I'm
4: glad you're doing well, man. Can't wait for the 23rd. Austin, how are you doing? Going good. Um like to had a better race Saturday, but it happens. My buddy got a little mad, but it's racing. We'll move on to the next one. Went last Thursday for an anatomy scan on the kids. Everything's going good. No cleft lip. Hearts are doing good. Organs, everything checks out good. So everything's going good with the kids. Great. And I'm doing fine as well. You're right. That cool. lip will haunt you later down the road. Boy, oh, we want it. Karma. <laughs> karma, karma, karma. I think that's what got us this weekend at the races.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: no no well well everything's going well here caroline and i are doing
3: just fine the baby's growing she's now uh five months old i can't believe that it's it's it seemed like for austin wait for it and charlie i'm sure you could back me up on this it took him for it took the baby forever to get here and then all of a sudden and you blink your eye it's five months later and i'm sure for charlie you blink your eye and it's seven years later it's just yeah, crazy no no doubt
2: you, you think times you think time goes faster whenever you graduate high school and stuff like that wait till you have a kid I mean, I don't
3: even hardly remember high school. That was a long time exactly. ago. Yes. Uh, almost 20 years ago. Uh, a lot's happened in 20 years. And I just remember wanting to get out of the house so bad. And now that I'm out of the house, it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I've, I've had a fun adventure so far. Let's just say that. But well, I'm glad you guys are doing well. Hope everyone's doing out there. Whether you're joining us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube Live or your regular podcast platform later on in the week, of course, Burns Radio, as always. Got a lot of things in the works here. Hopefully everything works out here. I'm just hoping everything does and come down to it. But if you're definitely there at South Alabama, it'll be two shows from now, one show from now. Either way, the weekend of the 23rd, let us know you're there. We'll hang out, talk, maybe have an interview or two, but just hang out together. It'll be fun. Can't wait for it. But gentlemen, I mean, anything else before we uh, start getting into our... Okay, well, actually, I do have this. Charlie... Press, or Charlie Preston, Austin, and I, this is a housekeeping thing, decided to forego the question of the week. It didn't really work out the way I wanted it to. I was really hoping for more fan interaction with that. But given last week's episode with a lot of fan interaction with that, I wish we would have done it earlier in the night. Unfortunately, timing couldn't work out with everybody to do it earlier in the night. But we got a lot more fan interaction just from the live stream and the fan interaction with that. So we're going to forego the question of the week. Because it seems like almost every week it's like, hey, what's the question of the week? And everybody's like, I don't know. I feel like we can answer a lot of the questions and stuff and have a more productive show if we ask them during the Ask them and then answer them. Ask them and answer them right during the show. So we're going to forego the question of the week from here on out. But don't worry, you can still interact with us using hashtag what do you think ITM on any type of issue or stuff you wanted to bring up. And maybe you missed in the live stream. Maybe you can still communicate with us with that. If you guys want to, we can answer last week's question of the week, making our final question of the week, which was should networks not show the replay of a driver in a serious accident before he knows he's okay like Formula One does? I mean, if you guys want to answer that, great. If not, we could just hop right into the Formula One race. What's up to you guys?
2: Uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty simple question. No, but I, I guess it depends on the type wreck it is too. like if you if it was like it was in the f1 race sure you know that's not something you probably want to replay same way as if you know one of the cup cars or something like that just takes a massive hit or when it was like a wreck like ryan newman's there's there's no point in replaying that so
3: yeah and i mean those are the two what two crashes come to mind there as far as nascar and indycar the ryan newman wreck which they showed replay after replay of it. And then the Justin Wilson crash at Pocono in 2015 when that piece of nose cone hit him. So, I mean, they they showed it, but in Formula 1, like with Roman Grosjean, they they cut away from it and didn't show it. With Joe Can You, or Joke On You, as Brian would say, I I can't pronounce the guy's name, I apologize for that, wrecked, I mean, they didn't show it until they realized he was okay, he was out of the car, and then they showed the replay of the car flipping
2: so that's like with all your NASCAR series, you know, their signs that they're okay is they just lowered a window net. So I guess at that point, sure. But until that window net's lowered, you know, let's let's not replay it.
3: Yeah, Right. right. And with IndyCar they lift the visor up and to show that the uh, show the safety workers that they are okay. So I mean it could go either way if you ask me there yeah. with with that, but I think we really covered that during the show, and then we asked it at the end for kind of, it was just kind of redundant, in my opinion. So we're, we're going to forego the question of the week this week and for here on out here at Rambling About Racing. But I do have one thing to bring up here. And I was looking at Blind Spotting's Twitter page and seeing who, who's following them. And you will never believe what show, what NASCAR podcast just popped up this year around February and the name of it, Charlie. You'll never guess.
2: No, I don't no. guess
3: I will. It is called In the Marbles. That pissed me off. And it's in the Twitter handles, In the Marbles Pod. I mean, ours was Marbles in. Okay, they got a better pod name than ours. But I'm about to reach out to these guys and say, hey, man, the heck, you took our name. Well, it's not really our name anymore, but we're still kind of a, a thing of In the Marbles, I feel. We originally started out as In the Marbles, and I guess I can't get too mad. Dude. We're now rambling Dude. about racing. <laughs>
2: And this is on the same network that we're on with the
3: no. It's not on, on the it's not on the unhinged sports network. They're they oh, a startup podcast. But the point is, they they are called in the marbles.
2: Yeah, they didn't just think of that. I don't feel no, that. they they I'm, definitely. I'm pretty
3: sure they didn't think of that. I'm kind of wanting to get in touch with them and go, hey man.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, I'd love to see who the who the people are. that's well, if, that's I, can, if,
3: I, if I if I could bring it up here, I will. Real quick here, I mean, just real quick. And I know we're live and everything, and I just want to bring these guys up here because it, it kind of pissed me off here. All right, all right, here they are. Now I'm going to share my screen here, and I don't know if this is uncouth or not, but I don't care because it's my show, and I feel like these guys are just, I, it's just kind of a blatant, like, okay, so here's the shared screen here, and here's their website. And I don't know if you guys can see it. I'm, can you guys see it? Here's their Twitter thing. Soda and
4: Ethan. That's some pretty cool Soda names.
3: Soda and Ethan. But literally, they took our name. That was our name. And it's, I mean, it's, I get it. It's not anymore. But now, either these guys are going to be very popular or just like, who, who the heck are these guys? I'm like kind of upset by what, what happened there with this. You know? I don't know if it upsets you any, Charlie, but it upsets me.
4: I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. I I, I wasn't on here before. so <laughs> That's okay, man. Well, I, support, no, I, I, just, I, I support you, though, Matt. I'll go to fight yeah. with you. I mean, who's this guy? Yeah,
2: I, I, could, I could definitely, you
4: know. Uh, with uh, Ethan. It, it definitely
2: rubs you wrong. Yeah, because
4: right. In the Marbles is a pretty unique name, and they didn't come up with it. I'm pretty sure it took you a while to come up with it. It was actually Preston. There was somebody,
3: either his friend James or Brian, who came up with the name, and they said, Hey, it should be called in the marbles. and that was our name for the longest time. And and now that somebody else has the name, I feel kind of like, well, you're what, not-
2: if, what if that's why Preston's not on here as much anymore? As he started his own thing within the Marvels, Preston Soda.
3: Oh my gosh, that's it, that, that solves a mystery right there. Matt's gonna make a drive after the podcast. That's right. No. <laughs> well, we do. Have, we, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. It would it's be something I'll joke about maybe later but <laughs> hey we do have a special thing here before we get into the formula one race we got steven Mazzali on and uh, if you might if you remember him from earlier on charlie and i interviewed him and he's a development driver for raymond brothers racing just ran mid-ohio with his nascar truck series debut finishing 22nd we're going to bring him on here and talk about the race weekend steven how's it going man hello hello guys it's uh good to be back it's Great, pretty you? surreal right now. Are you still it's on a, a bi- hi- are you still on a high from mid-Ohio?
0: Yes, that's an understatement. It is not quite set in yet what has happened and obviously, you know, there's a lot to go over from from the entire weekend. I had a very eventful weekend, but like, you know, the the aftermath is still kind of going. I actually got interviewed by uh, NBC 10 Philadelphia today. I've been asked to be on a number of podcasts since uh since mid happened to talk about the debut. You guys are the first. Because I think you were one of the first I ever got to go on. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, before I was uh, I, a truck series guy, you know. I, I bet the new so, In the Marbles
3: podcast can't say that.
0: Yeah, well, well I, I don't even know where to start with this. So I guess you lead well, me. You tell well, me where well, you want me to well, go. I guess
3: with, with the obvious thing I would like to start off with is during practice. I, I missed practice, but I think it was raining. And you wrecked. And, you know, and, and there's a famous clip of you. Now, now that I see it on your Twitter feed and stuff, <laughs> of you just kind of shooting the the finger guns at the camera, it's like, hey, might as well put a mark on it. Tell us about that, man. I mean, well, first tell us about what was, I mean, what was going through your mind when you finally got the call from Josh? I'm sure he tapped you and said, hey, Mid Ohio's your start. I mean, talk about starting in a probably one of the craziest things you're expecting to start on Oval. I'm sure you start on the road course and he's tapped you for that. But but tell us about the, you know, tap on the shoulder from Josh and where that led. Or obviously so, led to mid Ohio, but tell us how that happened.
0: Tap on the shoulder from Josh was something else because originally there was no, he had no seats open from Ohio. And actually, when NASCAR had approved me, they only approved me to do road courses. They, they said that the reason behind approving me was due to the experience I had had in go kart racing, and that was all on road course type surfaces. And they're like, listen, we get it, it's not the same, but the resume is pretty damn impressive. So we'll let them go. Road course only. Which led Mid Ohio's their only opportunity before the playoffs to get to get it started. Josh had already apparently sold the forty three and thirty three at the time, and something fell through with one of the drivers he had arranged. So getting the call about, I think it was eighteen days before Mid Ohio, was certainly unexpected and something else, and and the chaos afterward was so many sleepless nights trying to put together, you know, a last-minute deal to find what we needed to get it going. And I eventually realized that Josh had always had an interest in getting back into go-kart racing. And I had always – I never really left go-kart racing. I'd always stayed involved, whether as a driver, coach, or a mechanic, or this commentator. So I had established a lot of connections. And the brand that Josh and I grew up racing was Rotax, and I was really close with the guys who who were – importers for Rotax in the US. They also are a chassis manufacturer. They make the comp cart go kart brand. And I called them up and I said, Hey, what if we gave you an ASCAR truck and you did not have to give me a single dollar? All you had to do is give me something that's already in your inventory and they were like, Well, that sounds pretty freaking sweet. I'm like, So listen, Josh Rayum already was a he was a he went to Rotax grand final, same as I did. You know, he's he's a phenomenal
3: uh oh. Technical difficulties here, ladies and gentlemen. We oh there's there there's Steven. We lost you, Steven. Oh, we lost him
4: totally. Well uh, I, stood, that was Steven. that first race jitters. He's probably shaking like this. <laughs>
3: that was Steven. <laughs> Bizarre, we're, gonna, we're gonna try to get him back here real quick. the 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 downfall of doing it live is is like that. But Gosh, jump. it just popped up the in the marble, the new in the marble. Oh, I'm, I'm going to write those guys. Oh, my gosh. I, I still can't believe that.
2: Let's jump into the F1 race. Well, uh, yeah, we'll jump into
3: the F1 race until we get back from Austria here. Oh, oh Steven's back. Okay, Steven's back. Okay. Okay, Steven, sorry. Sorry, no, sorry
0: a- my dad called me like six different times. He's been waiting to get the end. NBC link, and I didn't answer him because I was on the call. So when I got the phone call, it's the app, the, the, the thing is weird, and it kicked me out. So we were both grand finals representatives, so the company was like, hell yeah, we'd love to get on board with this. And that's basically how I subsidized it. But getting the logistics of that together in a week and a half or less was was a huge hassle for us. When Josh had called me and told me I was in the 43, I, I pretty much broke down and cried. It was It was a lot to handle there. And there was a lot of emotion behind it. It's somewhere I never thought I'd be. When I left racing five years ago or four years ago, it was like I thought the career was pretty much over. And I had never really thought that it would be something that I would revisit, especially not at the level of the NASCAR truck series. Yeah. And if we want to now, I know you'd also ask about practice quick. So what actually happened in practice, if you go to my Twitter and you go on Toby Christie, you can see that this is something I actually said very publicly. Glory to God racing, the 46 truck, which we all know has been very problematic this year, blew an oil line. They go back, they fix it, they go back out. There's a truck in front of us on the racetrack. They blow the same oil line again. We go into turn nine and there's oil on the racing line, slide right off and hit the turn nine wall. So I, Toby calls me and asks what happened and I lose it. I'm like, Toby, if you want to know my candid opinion, glory to God of racing is the biggest joke in all of NASCAR. And, uh, he ended up running with that and that got me a lot of popularity on Twitter. So when I had crashed the truck originally, I'm thinking I am, I am furious. And if you go on YouTube, there's a clip of the qualifying session that had just happened and I get out of the truck and I look something straight out of an action movie. I am furious. My, my head is fuming and I see that one of the Fox cameras is pointed at me. And actually, the guy on the camera tower is waving at me. So I'm like, you know what? Let's make, let's make a little something out of it that we can kind of kind of get some publicity for. So I gave him little finger guns. Yeah, it's funny. There's actually a picture of me at Rotax Nationals in 2017 racing for a comp cart where I do the same exact finger gun thing while on the racetrack pointing at a camera. I, I had a side-by-side post of that on Facebook that I thought was pretty cool.
3: That definitely made waves. I think that got you a little notoriety there. It was like, hey, you got you get something, I feel. So then we get to the actual race. You started in the back, but then the race worked itself out to where you started working your way up closer and closer to the front. And, man, just tell us about, first of all, being on the grid for the, the pre-race, the invocation, the anthem, the, then getting in the truck and you're th- – First thoughts going through there and taking the first pace laps of your career in the truck series.
0: Yeah, so Invocation National Anthem, goosebumps, goosebumps. I was standing there next to Josh and, you know, my mother and my dad, and I'm thinking, holy crap, this is real. And it was pretty astounding. You get in the truck and you realize, like, we had had some issues. Obviously, we had worked all, all day Friday to get the truck back together. The other issue we'd had is we needed a jump box to start. So there are two things that I'm thinking. One is do not stall. The other one is um, what is wrong with this truck? Like we we had not run any laps because we had decided in practice, like, okay, we've reached our crash quota. We can't do anything else with this truck. Let's do one super slow lap, make NASCAR happy, pull it in. They're going to make a start at the rear anyway. So here we are on the pace laps. I'm feeling it out. I'm like, okay, everything feels all right. So I drive you know relatively normally on lap 1. I go into turn 2 and it's a little tight. Won't really turn to the right. So we're going down into turn 3, long straight away. And as you head into uh, turn 3, you it's a, it's that right-hander, the really fast one where you're we're you're going back up and down again. It does not turn. And I'm like holy crap. I am going to wreck again on lap 1 of this truck race. I am never going to step foot in NASCAR again and um i drive right off and one of one of the guys who um who i got garage passes for actually got a video of me going off and i managed to corral and get back on the racetrack and that's why we had lost so much time at the start of turn one because the truck would not turn to the right i don't know if it was a fender rubbing or what it was but for the first four or five laps man it 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 would not turn and it got better as the race went on and it stabilized um Well, that's why I think it was a fender rub. But then we got a caution for the G2G truck unbelievably blowing up, and then we finished out stage one. Stage two, we put on all tires, and immediately I knew it. I asked the crew chief. I'm like, hey, do we just put on all tires because this thing is not driving the way it was, you know, at the end of stage one where I felt like we were competitive with the fat guys. He's like, don't worry about it. Just drive it. We go a lap down. We get the lucky dog. Crew chief comes on and says, hey, man, you were on 15-lap old practice tires. Nice job. Now we're going to get to go race at stage three is, you know, I had worked it up. I had gotten comfortable with the crash race truck. Uh, We were back on equal tire strategy and we really started to push our way through the field with one and a half to go. We found ourselves actually in 18th place and we are on track for a top half finish. I am driving, trying to catch Timmy Hill. I am like, Timmy Hill is, is battered at this point. And I really thought I could have gotten him, but something interesting happens here. My teammate, Kenko Miura, who is 15 laps down at the time, tries to pass me going into turn two. And I back out. I let him go. I'm like, I don't know why I'm racing. I don't know why he's racing me 15 down at this point, but I'm going to let him go. But then going down the back stretch, he decides that he wants to let me back by him. But then, as I'm passing him, he's like, mm, I actually want to race you now. So, we are aggressively going into turn four, because at this point, I'm like, I can't let you go. i got to catch Timmy. And I had done a really nice job, 20 to go. I started getting really nasty brake fades. So, I had done a nice job with the high-speed stuff, of pumping it, making sure the brakes were still there and consistent. But I forgot. I was too aggressive going in against going against my 15-lap-pound teammate. And I broke too late, straight off into the gravel trap. Managed to keep my foot in it, get it back on, you know, sort of the grass area. But disaster! I had stalled it, so I am freaking out on the radio, guys, guys. I think we're done. I don't think it's gonna fire. And on comes my my southern accented, thick southern accent and spotter. Calm as all I was like. Listen, man, turn those fans off. Get her going. I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm gonna try it. Turn it off. And it and it clicks. It goes. I'm like, no, it's not gonna. It's not gonna f and do it. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Give it one more shot. It fired, and I am just like, wow. This truck had not started once without a jump box, all weekend long. And the one time we really needed it, it did. So in the end, we only lost four spots. Got back on in 22nd. That's where we ended up. Lead lap finish, which was the goal all along. Obviously, it's a lot nicer to see a one in front of the name instead of a two. And a 17th would have been Raymond Brothers' best finish for the season. And that's something that I would have taken a lot of pride in for my debut. and something that I really would have liked to have gotten Josh. So it's a little frustrating that we lost out on that. I don't blame... Obviously, Kenko helped force the mistake, but at the end of the day, the mistake was my fault. You know, I'm better than that. I I know better than that. I've been racing for a long time. Um, But at the end of the day, you know going around so many other things happened in that stage three with about 20 to go uh, when there was that caution for the big incident i actually spilled my water bottle trying to drink and it was about 120 something degrees in that cockpit at the time and my seat padding was I, i took the seat padding out of the bottom so it was it was it was a little bit of metal there and when the water hit the metal it steamed and it actually burnt my ass pretty badly so I drove for about two laps like this in the truck, pushing up against the wheel, trying not to burn my butt. It was just—it was just such an eventful, uh, I mean, chaotic week. And I look back on it, and it was just—it's just unbelievable, man, to think about
3: that, that. This is how this this race went. That is awesome. Well, we do have a question here from Matt Camper, and he asked, "Did you learn anything from your Truck Series debut that you can apply towards your next series start?" And I'm going to ask you an additional question. Is there a plan for you to race another race for a Rain Brothers race in this season, if not in 2023?
0: The thing I learned the most is I didn't really know. This is going to be pretty shocking. I didn't really know how to downshift a stock car on a road course before this event. And I imagine that's that's something I had to learn on the fly in practice. I think that that's going to come in handy. And the learning curve, honestly, there's so much that I learned. There's such a steep learning curve of the truck series and it's not like you can get a lot of seat time, right? Like you, what you got is what you got. You got practice, you got qualifying and you got to race it. So the fact that I don't have to go into it next time with so much uncertainty, that on its own is going to be such a huge advantage. In terms of truck series starts in the future, I had always said that if I made one, I would be content with walking away from the sport and I stand by that. I think if I never make another truck series start, I'll be okay with the way my career went. But, at the same time, I would love to do it again. And there's conversations. I've gotten phone calls back from sponsors who had originally told me no after seeing the debut. who are much more open-eared to the idea than they were before, and that's a big thing. So the objective, I think, I don't know that there's a hole that I could do this year. I think IRP is going to be a high-count truck race. So I'm not sure I want to try and, and rush the funding together to get behind the wheel for IRP, and then it's the playoffs. I'm not even sure NASCAR allows allow us to make a short track debut in the playoffs, but I will say there are conversations in the work to possibly try and put together funding for a full ride next year. And there are also conversations to try and get behind the wheel in ARCA this season, to try and help edge along and ease the concerns of NASCAR to get approved to do bigger tracks in the future.
3: All right. Well, I mean, that's more than enough said right there. I must say this: when I was at Darlington taking photos for the race, I had the opportunity to finally meet Josh, and you know, introduce myself because we've only communicated via phone and everything during his time and interview with with us and conversations back and forth. So I finally got a t- chance to meet Josh, and and I told him that Stephen couldn't do anything more to talk you up than he did. I I tell you, and he, I I sent him the episode. I'm I'm sure he listened to it of our initial interview there. Maybe he's watching now. Maybe he'll listen to this interview as well. to Give give you an opportunity in 2023 to maybe race the short tracks, race more than kind of your niche there and kind of build your career up more. But that's awesome, man. That is awesome stuff right there. I I mean, I'm awesome. Congrats on the 22nd. I I mean, you finished on the lead lap. You completed that all was the, the laps and, and you didn't wreck. I mean, except in yep. practice, but I mean, that's, it sounds like <laughs> not, a, not a fault of your own right there, but you, you did everything you needed to do there. You checked all the boxes there. So, very happy for you. Glad you're talking to us first. I'm sure, you know, you got other networks that you want to talk to and if you want to i mean i'm just saying if you want to mention rambling about racing on any other podcast and say yeah when i was talking rambling about racing or nbc rambling about <laughs> racing, i mean go ahead yeah. and mention it i mean i mean i'll send you a sticker you could throw on your truck and say hey, yeah i mean it's okay
0: ah maybe i will do that if you send me if you send me a sticker and you pay for the shipping get it to the shop in carolina next time i'll uh Next time, I'll slap it on there. I'm okay with yeah, yeah. that. I'll,
3: I'll give you guys a little shout. Yeah, yeah. We've only had our sticker on one car. In fact, it was an In the Marble sticker to the other In the Marbles podcast that you stole our name from. It was on an ARCA series car. Let's see if, uh, yeah, uh, Brian Stone just said it was. A, sounded like a heck of a debut there. But, Brian, definitely yeah. go back and watch it later. But, hey, Stephen, thank you for coming on to the show again, being the first to talk about this. Uh, once that happened and I saw that you were making your debut, I wanted to have you on. One way or another, I'm glad it was a good race. You learned a lot, and hopefully we see you on the track in 2023 for Ray Young Brothers Racing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully, we'll get to talk again soon about, you know, maybe winning a race or winning a, a truck championship, and, you know, we keep seeing things going in the right direction.
3: Yeah, hopefully we do. Best of luck to you for the rest of the year. I know your your schedule's full this week, so, Get some sleep, man. Tell Joss when you see me again. Matt says, hey, and uh, we'll talk to you later, bud. we Will do. Awesome talking to you guys. All right. See ya. Thanks again, man. Bye. All right. Stephen Mazzali right there uh, about his truck series debut. Congratulations on that. I really enjoyed listening to a first time. That was the first time we've ever had a driver in a major series come back and talk about their debut there. So thank you, Steven, for that. Really do appreciate it. <laughs> Preston, before we continue on with this week's episode, I wanted to remind everybody out there about our online stores at Bonfire and Teespring, where you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, maybe not hoodies right now, Preston. No, not not right now. But, you know, pint glasses for your beer and everything else that you'll need for the summertime, for the racetrack, for just lounging around out the lake, whatever it is. If you can find it at Teespring and Bonfire, Preston. You can a- a- everything that you want—t-shirts, I mean, tank tops. Even you can find everything there. Sounds
4: like you find all kinds of stuff for you summertime. Can find all
3: types of stuff there for summertime for whether you're at the racetrack, the ballpark, whatever you're at. And Preston, since it is summertime, what should our discount code be for? I this think week? our
4: discount code should be summer. Summer it
3: is. Summer for ten percent off all orders at Teespring and bonfire from now through the month of july if you order right now using discount code summer 10 percent off it will give you everything you need and hey you look good in it too preston i get I, I dare say
4: yeah absolutely
3: okay 10 percent off for your for the discount code summer this from now till the end of July at Teespring and Fonfire, go check it out. Links will be in the podcast description below or at ramblingaboutracing.com. Check it out. Okay, so now Formula One. We're shifting gears really fast here. We're going to talk about the Formula One Austrian Grand Prix. Gentlemen, what do you think of it?
2: I didn't get to watch it, to be honest with you. You missed a uh, fun race. Yeah, I, I was trying to catch up on all the racing from this weekend yesterday, and it just it didn't work out like that. So I, I didn't even get to watch the SRX race, to be honest with you. I saw the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series race.
3: Austin, did you watch the race from Austria? No, I was asleep. I didn't get home to 4 o'clock after the races. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, yeah, you guys raced the night before. Well, I tell you what, it was an awesome Austrian Grand Prix Charles Leclerc ended up winning the race, and it brought me back to last week's episode when we were picking the race winners, and I picked Charles Leclerc. I would have looked like a genius, but, man, I I had to go with Perez, who spun on lap one with contact and ended up DNFing. So I, I picked the driver originally who finished first first, and then the driver I reverted to second Because of whatever the finish that finished last. So, I mean, I guess that's a shame on me right there. But what was amazing to me about that race is that both passes, Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnussen finishing in the points, Magnussen finishing eighth, Mick Schumacher finishing sixth. So, although being one lap down, both of them, which is crazy to think about that the top five were only on the lead lap and everybody else was a lap down. The, the fact that Haas finished in the points two weeks in a row, I don't think that shows a, a good boost to them, but they definitely have momentum going into the summer break. They could work on a few things, and after the summer break, come back and
2: yeah, I mean, take care they, of what they need to do. They put both their cars in the top eight, so I would say that's a pretty successful race weekend for, for that Haas team. And I'm
3: not going to leave here without mentioning McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo finishing ninth, and Lando Norris finishing seventh, and both Mercedes finishing third and fourth with Hamilton finishing third, Russell finishing fourth. Good race for them. Verstappen yeah, finishing second. Oh, what's up, Charlie?
2: No, uh, you know, Hamilton having two podium finishes and two races in a row there, maybe they found their niche or, you know, their issue that they were having and maybe got it worked out. The sad part is they're getting this momentum right before a break. Right. So do you, do you lose it? I mean – We'll, well, see what
3: blew me away is last week at Silverstone marked 10 races that Lewis Hamilton has been on a winless streak and this makes the 11th race. So the longest winless winless streak of his career is happening right now in 2022 that of Lewis Hamilton. And I have to say, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, do we, do we count out Lewis Hamilton or is he just not there? Is it the new car? Is it a number of factors? I mean, I don't think he's done done because he's still finishing on the podium but I feel like he's barely hanging on by a thread, finishing third on the podium weekly.
2: Yeah, third, third's not going to win it whenever you got Verstappen, you know, finishing top three and winning races.
3: Right. You're looking at the standings here, Verstappen still in the lead, more than 38 points ahead of Charles Leclerc. The 25 points helped out, but not a lot as far as I'm concerned. Sergio perez or hitting the points, not finishing in the points. Carl signs engine caught on fire, so that didn't help out Ferrari at all right there. Lewis Hamilton, as it stands, currently stands six in points, nineteen points behind George Russell there, who is currently fifth in the points in the constructor standings. Mercedes in second, so we're seeing consistent finishes for Mercedes to keep them in the in the constructor. Or sorry, they were finishing third, so they're still kind of in the constructors championship race. But Red Bull and Ferrari are taking off on that; they were having the more consistent finishes throughout the rest of the year. I'm curious to see what that hand what will play out towards the end of the race. And I have to say, I'm going to keep an eye on Haas. They're seventh in the points right now. They're in striking distance of Alpha Romeo Romeo if they keep this up, and Alpha Romeo has their problems not finishing the points in DNF. And as the season goes on, I kind of wish Preston was here to talk about that more. But, yeah, I mean, overall, the Formula One race was a really good race. I, I enjoyed watching it. Can't really say much more than that, really. Can you? I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about the Formula One race?
2: No, uh, No. we we were both pretty wore out. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I could understand that. I totally forgot that you guys had the yeah we were the last race race on Saturday
2: night too. uh, On top of it already being about an hour, you know, hour late starting. We ate good though. Oh yeah, we ate real good. I mean, Kelsey, look, you you yeah, you're gonna pick to a out. good race to come to twenty third because I'll tell you what, Kelsey, she tore it up in there in the pits uh, cooking. Jason's got to run for his money as far as race cook. I mean, he he might just want to show up and eat this next one. Uh, I, yeah, don't don't bring your apron. Just bring you bring
3: yeah, you bring, apron, bring, bring,
4: you, bring your, your bib. Yeah,
3: bring you bib. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, got, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the twenty third. It's been circled on my calendar ever since it worked out to where we can make it down there the truck series race we kind of talked about it with steven when he was on but we got just his perspective parker kligman winning that race i only watched the last 10 laps of that what do you guys think of the truck series race there from mid ohio
2: you had you had your leaders that kind of pulled away but i mean for the most part there was pretty decent racing going on i feel throughout the race a lot of green flags but that's to be expected on on road courses Right on
3: road courses especially so
2: Overall, though, it it really wasn't a bad race. I mean, nobody just ran off with the lead, and there was just good battles going on throughout the rest of the field.
4: Yeah, it was pretty much a Kligerman and a Zane Smith show, but Mm -hmm. there were decent battles throughout the field. Yeah. Happy to see Parker
2: Kligerman winning one. I
4: I, I do like Parker Kligerman. He's a good reporter
3: when it comes to the pits, and now seeing him actually compete Mm -hmm. on the track more so in the truck series now it's a lot of fun to watch, and I'm, I'm so upset that i only caught the last 10 laps, but Caroline and I were doing yard work during the first laps prior to that, so that's on me, my bad. But then we get to the Xfinity race, and I'm going to tell you right now, gentlemen, I bet no surprise here for anybody watching, listening, whatever, I boycotted it once I saw Tyler Reddick. Turned it off. Turned it right off. So if you guys watch the Xfinity race, you can tell us about it. If not... That's okay because the Cup Series driver was in it, and that's a hill I'm willing to die on when it comes to NASCAR.
4: I mean, it, it was a good race. Um, Austin Hill ended up winning. Good win for RCR. That's his second win, right? Yeah, he won Daytona,
3: I believe, earlier in the year. <laughs> so that's two Super Speedway wins for him. Daytona Super Speedway and an Atlanta Talladega Light. I feel, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that's technically man, it's two wins for him in the season, regardless.
2: He, he's definitely toting a banner for RCR, I guess, in, in the Xfinity Series because they're a two-car team, I believe. So, decent race. You know, a lot of battles up front, but, you know, not not much there. So
3: Yeah, I didn't watch it, again, because of the fact that Tyler Reddick was racing in it. So, if go back and listen to our earlier episodes of Ramblin' About Racing and when we were called In the Marbles to talk about what we feel about drivers coming down the lower series. <laughs> Matt's pissed. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so happy that I found that I'm going to give those guys hell
4: over that. I'm, I'm going to No, what, what you do is you invite them on the show. Ah, and then you busted. You busted. Man, I, I okay.
2: make sure I have threw a few of them back before. Oh that. yeah, will so make sure Preston
3: is there too. It's like
2: you pieces of crap. I will buy like the 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 case the third. I, I cannot ten. believe we, we I just cannot, can't
3: be loud
4: because all you're gonna hear is beep 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 beep
3: beep beep beep. beep that might be a Patreon special there. The ambush of <laughs> in the marble I still can't believe they did that. Anyway. Going to the Cup Series, we have a lot to unpack here in the Cup Series when it comes to the racing at Atlanta. But first, of all, I'm going to get your overall initial thoughts of the race. How did everybody enjoy the race there on Sunday from Atlanta?
2: I, I thought overall it was really good race. Uh, it, you know, we were still, I, I wish they tried different package, I guess, going into Atlanta uh, for the fall race. But it's also the way the new track design is. So it, it's built to be that way so I, I don't think there would have been a lot to change if you'd have went in with the you know the low down force high horsepower or whatever instead of putting the or just lower the spoilers on them uh, you know it is what it is overall a lot of great battles a lot of good racing you know no no one car just checked out in the front and we didn't see that typical one lane, you Know one line high groove, uh, you know, you could pass them on the bottom just because as you and just as good as you can pass them on the top. So, o- overall, good race. And you didn't see a lot of tire issues this weekend. No,
3: I you think saw, you saw one,
4: one, one. Yeah, yeah that one. was Alex
2: Bowman, I
3: believe, wasn't mm-hmm. it? He just straight up spun up and I spun out like a top. The race for me was overall good. I, I mean, I mean, from che- from green flag to checker flag, it wasn't a bad race whatsoever. In the, in, for the cup series, I I would say it was one of the better races there. It, it definitely was better than the spring race. I feel, mm-hmm. but but it wasn't, you know, it was still Atlanta the new Atlanta still have to get used to it. And I got to clarify something with you guys. If you know, or anybody out there knows, is it illegal for them to go below the the, the, the yes. white line? Yeah, it's it's double super line. speedway
2: yep. rules. You cannot pass below the
3: line. Okay, that in in my in my opinion takes away from the racing. I we, we're not a big fan of the double line rule as it is. We understand why it is implemented at Ta- Talladega and Daytona, but at a sp- speedway as su- a sp- speedway a super speedway like Atlanta, I feel like the the
1: the track should be. able to pass on there I don't like the double line
3: rule I mean I thought it was no double line rule no out of bounds for super speedway racing there in Atlanta but apparently I was wrong in the intel I got from that so kind of upset about that wish it wasn't but I mean that's neither here or there that's a rule and it didn't really affect anything we didn't see anybody taking a dive down below the line so we didn't see much come out from it but we have to talk about this Ross Chastain, once again, not making any friends in the Cup Series garage here, spinning out Denny Hamlin, spinning out a couple of other drivers there, and Marnie Truex Jr. Yep. Uh, What do you guys think of Ross Chastain? Is he being too aggressive on track, or is he
2: he just racing like Ross Chastain races? I mean, he's racing like Ross Chastain races, but that bullet's going to come back to bite him when playoffs come, and nobody's going to retaliate right now they're, they're going to wait till it matters and he's just gonna have to suffer the consequences you know I, i'm sorry like he he could have the Denny Hamlin thing this weekend he could have he knew he was washing up the track he could have backed out of that throttle a little bit but he he just stayed right in it i i took his side to begin with because it looked like he got loose but the more i looked at the replay I was like no nah, you you pushed and you should have backed out you stayed right in it knowing somebody was right there on your outside so that that's all ross Chastain's fault
4: yeah, all he had would have had done was checked up just a a little bit, and he'd have been fine. It. I mean, he'd have might, might have lost two positions, call it. But I mean, he wouldn't have took Denny Hamlin out. Yeah, the the
3: fact that he took Denny Hamlin out in that accident really kind of like, oh man, here we go again, just like Gateway. Denny yeah. Hamlin was he didn't show much anger. I mean, I wasn't listening to his scanner at the time, but I'm I'm sure in his scanner during radioactive when Fox brings it up. It would tell a different story, but post race he seemed very calm, cool, collective. Like his time will come.
2: He
4: yeah, not should, now.
3: Should, yeah that's
2: all you can do, really. That's exactly what he's going to do. You know, Denny's right. not going to get him back right now. No, no, absolutely so not. There, there will be a retaliation. I'm telling you, and it's not going to be just from Denny Hamlin. No, so no,
3: it, it's not. And my, I, and but,
2: but is this bad
3: for? I mean, for for us watching it, this. The, for, at least for me, watching it, this is great. Watching Ross Chastain get up there, rub fenders with everybody. Although, be it, it might be a bit too aggressive at times. Because I mean, even Dale Earnhardt didn't do stuff like this. He didn't just wreck people for the sake of wrecking them. I mean, I'm sure if he asked Harry Elbandi, he he would tell a different story or anybody yeah. else that raced against Dale Earnhardt. But he's racing so aggressively every lap, and that, and that's what I like to see out of a driver there. And I get it. It's it's a. Two hundred and it was a, what a two hundred and sixty lap race. Yeah, and he's racing I, like it's the final lap on every lap.
2: I'll, so I, I like that. that. Yeah, I'll say that I don't think it's bad for Chastain, as it is bad for Trackhouse because Trackhouse is about to get some tore up cars later in the season.
3: But Justin Marks will, the he's fin, back him up hundred percent. him up hundred percent, and I get and from from his standpoint and i listened to to him talking about this with Dale Earnhardt Jr. on Dale Jr.'s podcast, that it's not fun going to the racetrack every week and, and fixing these cars every week because then, then the price starts going up. The, the juice isn't worth the squeeze at that point if mm-hmm. you're adjusting marks. But, I mean, I would look at Ross Chastain. It's like I see a throwback driver who's willing to give 120% every lap of every race, and then when the checker flag falls, we'll deal with it later. I just like the fact that after the race, we saw NASCAR security around Ross Chastain, just ready for, they were just anticipating somebody, anybody yep. coming up there and confronting him about it. But that leads me to this question, Charlie and Austin, since you guys are drivers as a driver, is it better for the the sanctioning body to police the actions of a driver on track, or is it more beneficial for drivers to police themselves? away from the spotlight.
2: There's probably a process to it. You know, I, I think as a driver, you, you got to realize when, the, you know, the light's shining on Chastain right now and he's eating it up, he's still young to the Cup Series. I, I guess it could come back to bite him, but at the same time, the track, not the track, but the, the owners, uh, being Justin Marks and, and Pitbull, I guess, should play their hand in trying to police it up a little bit. Like, hey, look, we, we get... You're giving it your all. We couldn't ask for any more. But just like this past weekend situation, he gave it his all, took out some cars, give it your all. But when you're making more enemies and you got friends out there, you know, there, there's a line that
4: he may you're have You're just setting yourself up for bad, bad, something bad later on down the road. But if you're a team owner,
3: to my opinion, in my opinion, there shouldn't be a but after you're running great. You're doing well. He finished, Ross Chastain finished second this weekend at Atlanta, having a very consistent year, two wins of the season so far. We're seeing him, even with a torn up race car, be competitive. And if I was a team owner, if I was Justin Marks or Pitbull, probably one day, Mr. Worldwide here, or whatever Pitbull says, that I, I would want to see if Charlie was my driver or Austin was my driver or anybody was my driver, them not care about what other people think i will defend you 110 percent. you give us second place finishes and wins and top five finishes every weekend and we'll defend you to the ends of the earth i will say this though if rosh hasan was taking himself out during these altercations then that's when i would step in as an owner and say we need to talk you're 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 taking yourself out you're preventing yourself from winning races
2: yeah yes or no yes or no i mean yeah I, i see where you're coming from At the same time, we don't know the conversations that are taking place at the shop and stuff like that. Like, sure, you know, in the the heat of it, you're you're going to defend your driver. Just like with the Noah Gregson thing a couple races ago, as far as the media goes, you know, Kelly Earnhardt defended him.
3: Right, and, and Dale Jr. was disappointed in him, but he was still like, he's my driver
4: still.
2: Yeah, so in the spotlight, I, I think you're going to defend him, but there's probably a little bit different conversations that take place. Yeah, those, those conversations
4: behind closed doors are a little bit different than what you see on social media for sure. And I'm not saying they're, that they're they're not
3: different behind closed doors whatsoever. All I'm saying, I mean, it, 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 I, mean I would keep saying, hey, man, keep saying the course. You're, you're running consistently. You're not – DNFing. You're not finishing 20th or below. You're in contention to win every weekend. Keep doing what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, Ross Chastain, you're doing it right. You're do, Something's working. And the fact that he's getting into drivers like Martin Trex Jr. and Denny Hamlin, for some reason it's always Joe Gibbs drivers that I'm seeing right here. It, 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 right there, the juice is worth the squeeze. I don't care. If you're Justin Marks, you want to push Joe Gibbs out of the way. You don't want them to be gain any more momentum you want to gain all the momentum and you have all the momentum on your side with two great drivers now i wish daniel suarez would have done better but he finished six in the race so justin marks and that track house team are bringing cars to that could win every weekend to the racetrack whereas joe gibbs racing without the fault i dare say of drivers like ross chastain aren't bringing those kind of cars and competitive edge to the track every weekend so to me this is a changing of the guard just to me, just from an enthusiastic outside fan that has a podcast looking from the outside looking in, it looks like to me it's a changing in the guard when it comes to Justin Marks and track
2: house racing. Yeah, it's good for it's good for the it's team. For, it's, good for, it's good for the sport. Absolutely. Period, now, may having those rivalries. I, I, until it gets to a serious, serious point and just completely out of hand, I don't think you'll see NASCAR say anything right
3: now. I don't think NASCAR should say anything. I think NASCAR should stay out of this. And back to your guys' point, that let the drivers police themselves. I mean, drivers will get together. I'm not a driver again, but Charlie, you're a driver. Austin, you've driven a time or two. Charlie, I'm sure you've gone up to another driver outside. and like, Hey, man, let me talk to you. And you do that in your professional life, too. You punish in private and praise in public. Yeah. And, and Denny Hamlin didn't say anything wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying Denny Hamlin did anything wrong whatsoever. But what I'm saying is Denny Hamlin left the door open for us to speculate that he might call Chastain and say what you're doing is wrong, or he or Martin Truex Jr. might call Chastain and say what you're doing is wrong. Any driver out there, or, who who? Okay, well let me ask you this. Let's ask you guys this since we're on the topic. Who would be the driver out there who would go up to Chastain? Back in the day, it was Dale Earnhardt. Then it was Tony Stewart. I would say, maybe Adele Jr. or Jeff Gordon go back in the day and say, hey, man, you need to watch what you're doing out there. You're doing great, but you're causing a lot of enemies. Who's the driver today in the Cup Series? Who would be holding that banner? Because to me, I mean, if I had to pick anyone, it would be Kevin Harvick or Kurt Busch.
2: I, I could see those two being there's Some of the I'd, say, old, I'd say, older I'd guys. That or Kyle Busch. Or Kyle Bush. Yeah, Kyle Bush. Yeah, Kyle Bush
3: would be a good example as well. I mean, although he has a dog in the fight that because his teammates were affected this weekend by Ross Chastain, I, I just feel like, with a feel like this, a, a Kevin Harvick or a Kurt Bush, who's been racing since 2001, call Chastain and just like, hey, man, you're running great this season. However, you're, you're not making a lot of friends out there. I mean, I, but if, if I was Ross Chastain, but would be like, I'm not out there to make friends. Charlie, you're not out there in the Cup Light Series making friends every Saturday night at South Alabama Speedway.
2: No, they don't know them guys like me.
3: No, I mean, but because you're competitive this season, if you were still breaking chains five laps into the race, they'd be like, eh, "Well, we'll be friends with you," you know, yeah. poor, poor guy. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ross Chastain's getting a bad rap. I feel like NASCAR or Twitter, NASCAR, NASCAR Twitter, however you want to put it. Just kind of gave him a bad rap this season, or this race. And I, I feel like Ross Chastain deserves a pat on the back for what he's doing in the Cup Series. He came into this team after the merger with Chip Ganassi Racing in track house and Trackhouse and, and that acquisition there from tra- uh, for Trackhouse Racing. Really shown their muscle and really shown what they can bring to the track. I feel like they're doing great. I feel like they're doing great. And I say stay the course, Trackhouse. Don't let
4: anybody tell you different. Ross Chastain stayed the course. Daniel Suarez stayed the course. I, I want to see Chastain's attitude when the roles are reversed. When Hamlet right. gets into him, yeah. right? I think that would be the true character thing.
3: Because if Ross Chastain goes, "I can't believe he just hit me," I'm like, "Okay, well, your true character." If you dish it out,
2: you better be able to
3: take it. Right. right. Your true color. If your if his true colors show like that, I would say I'd probably come back to this episode and say I was wrong. I, I should, you know, I, I guess that yeah, was a poorly timed comment that I made on that episode. But if he doesn't come back and he says, "Well, I raced him hard like that," I I expect to be raced hard like that. And it's like, okay, we'll just have to wait and see on that. And I think we're going to see that when the playoffs start here at the Southern Five Hundred here in September. But that was just Ross Chastain. There's another topic I want to talk about here, and Jason Reeves brought it up too. We saw a couple of issues in the 23
2: pit crew as well as the. 20-pick crew. Especially the 20-pick crew. And, you know, they didn't trade complete teams. It was just certain people that three, were three traded. Guys, yeah. I, I do believe that it, it was a front changer and the Jackman that, you know, w- was for sure traded, I believe. Now, I know it was the rear changer that, you know, left Tyree. And it may have been the same guy, just in a different role. But now – the Jackman, well, I tell you about NASCAR. There, nobody's getting suspended. Nope. NAS- NASCAR did change the rules a little bit so that if a tire comes off into pits and you're able to police it up, d- there will be no, you know, no penalty. But now, if it comes out, on, comes off onto the track, it's a completely different ballgame. Right?
3: Absolutely. And I, I think it should be like I, that. I, I agree with that because yeah. there's, no,
4: there's, no re- there's no reason to suspend them for races for it being on. Yeah, almost like a controlled tire, but it wasn't controlled.
2: Yeah, and they're they're catching themselves more and more often. We're seeing you know fewer and fewer of these uh, instances because they're catching it on pit road. So, well, and one of the things that I noticed about that pit stop is that Jackman dropped the jack,
3: and I don't know what the deal was with the the rear tire, the left rear tires of Christopher Bell's car during that. But it looked like he went while he was try- still trying to put the tire on yeah, the car. Cause
2: the, yeah, because the, the left side of the car being let down nine times out of ten is your signal,
3: right? I mean that is, uh, that is go
2: time. Yeah, unless the
3: crew Sorry. chief says go on me, not on the jack. Once and the driver is trained. Once that jack goes and you feel that dip, I'm letting off the clutch and I'm going down the pit down pit road and to get back onto the racetrack. So I'm mean i not blaming Christopher Bell. I'm not blaming the crew chief. I'm not blaming the Jackman, and I'm not blaming the tire changer because we've seen that in the past before, even with five lug nuts where it's like I didn't get them all tight. And and Mm -hmm. now that we have that single point of failure with the single lug nut, it's going to be more evident as it was at Atlanta with Christopher Bell and that tire coming off. I'm glad nobody's getting suspended for that because it was on pit road. But now we're starting to see, is it really, was it really Bubba Wallace's team? I mean, if that team member did come from 23-11 to Joe Gibbs, I mean, poor Christopher Bell. I feel bad for it. But we didn't really see much out of Bubba Wallace this weekend anyway. He finished in the 14th position. I mean, I thought he was out of the race early on. Finished 14th. Didn't have a horrible run compared to a lot of other guys. But then Christopher Bell, let's see where he finished here. If I could bring him up here real quick. He didn't have a solid run all day. He was towards the back, I know. Well, not really. i got to find him here. nineteenth. So, I mean, both drivers finished the race about where you would expect in to finish. So, I mean, it's not really – it didn't really help Bubba Wallace. It didn't really hurt Bubba Wallace. It didn't hurt Christopher Bell. It didn't help Christopher Bell. It could have just been just one of those things that, like, shut the driver up or shut the team up, like we talked about last week, but we dug in a rabbit hole right there with that. The winner of the race, Chase Elliott, drum roll, please. I, I think it's just too good to be true. I think it's well, just too good to be true that Rutledge Wood was at the Dawsonville Pool Hall. They were
2: talking about the siren so the whole you're time. You're screaming. And look, I don't agree with... I, I, it just whatsoever, seems, I don't, storybook. It, it, it would break, it would make you think conspiracy. It really it would. just really screams storybook. He started on the pole because
3: rain, rain got rained, the qualifying got rained out. Right. Rutledge Woods was at the pool hall. Who's going to ring the siren? Is Rutledge going to ring the siren if they price to me? I mean, it just, I mean, I was pulling for a Corey LeJoy, I was pulling for Ross Chastain, I was yeah, pulling for I, anybody but the nine car to win that
2: race. I was pulling for LaJoy all day. Uh, you he, know,
3: I mean, yeah, he ran well all day. But, but I mean, we're we'll talking about Lejoy my argument. Yeah, my
2: argument with that is though, and I'm not defending nobody, so don't think it that way. <laughs> I know you are. You can't blame the driver for, I mean, for how the broadcast. Now it doesn't right. make it any better, but just, I, I didn't agree with the broadcast at all. Right? It's it just and, you know, yeah. like, just, so I, here, I get it. He's the most popular driver, but shut up. Look, can we focus on the race?
4: Yeah, instead of Matt, instead of you coming to the racetrack, July twenty third, we're gonna send you to Charlie's house, and we're gonna yeah. keep going. We're, back here. we're right. here. We're Party here. at capital of the world, and
2: hi, hey, Will. Uh,
4: Let's speak to Tough. Tough, how you doing? Yeah, and Mr. Cupcake, right
2: there. Well, look, tough, tough busy uh, licking his butt right now. He'll, we'll get back to him right. later.
3: I mean, to me, I mean, it just seemed too good to be true. Like everything <laughs> fell right into line for Chase Elliott. They showed the siren ringing. It just seemed to me like... It, it got old, and I'm a Chase Elliott fan. That
4: got it old. Did it, well, it did. I, I, I mean, care. goodness gracious. Or did, or did the pool room uh, spend a lot of money to have that done? No, you don't have to spend
3: a lot of money to do that. They were approached by NBC or USA and whoever yeah. they were it, racing. And they it said, was a hey, media thing. It I was, mean, 100%.
2: You have, yes, it's NASCAR's most popular driver. You have it pretty much his home track. And i agree with y'all wholeheartedly that, you know, hey, if we're going to do this, which I've seen them do it with Clint Boyer before whenever they raced at Kansas, it went out to his house and stuff like that. But it was more of a, pre-race, more of a pre-race thing. thing it, yeah. it was yep. not a, Dirty
1: hey, let's race. do it all during the
2: race. So they're, they're wrong on that part. You know, if you're going to do it pre-race, maybe post-race, and that's it. Like, done. But during the race... Come on! I mean, they showed it five or
4: six times. They were just
2: just using it for filler for the most part. Find something else to do. It just felt too good to be true for me.
3: And the fact that I don't like Chase Elliott and then like pulling against him, I should say, kind of just twisted me more. I mean, I was at work when watching it, watching with one of my buddies who's a big NASCAR fan as well. And he was just laughing the whole time. It's like, I can't believe this guy won. It just seems too good to be true. There's no way this piece of crap won the race. And, of course, I didn't see anything bad on Twitter or Facebook of the fact that Chase Elliott won the race because he is NASCAR's most popular driver. And, heaven forbid, I say anything bad about a Chase Elliott. It would be just like back in the day with Dale Earnhardt Jr. saying something bad about Dale Earnhardt Jr. How dare you say something about Dale Earnhardt Jr. and after he's been through. But, to me, Chase Elliott, man, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the in a few weeks ago that Chase Elliott, yeah, he came up through the rakes with the like model. But the name helps the... Sponsorship helps, the money helps. I mean, I feel like there's uh, just, there's something about him. It's
2: like money helps. It does. Now there is still. I don't want to talk bad about some other people, but I will. You can have money backing you and still suck because you have no talent. Right. Oh. But, oh so, yeah. For so sure. There. There's no, yeah. still got to be some level of talent to go along with it. And yes, being in better equipment is, of course, going to help by all means. But still, got to have some level of talent and just some people have nothing but money. Some people have money and talent.
3: Yeah. And I'm not saying, I mean, Chase Elliott isn't without talent right here, but he does have that, that certain flow of talent right there who, and and he can run well, obviously just don't like seeing him win. I don't know what it is about him. I just want to see him not. I win. feel the
4: same way about Denny Hamlin. So yeah, worry. that's what I was about to
2: say. I, I, Everybody has
3: that Matt, one
4: driver.
2: Matt seeing Elliott wins, like me seeing Hamlin or Logano win. Right.
4: Agreed to o- okay. And I'm
2: like, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. I what wish, it is. I, I just wish did. if Logano won, he'd put one of them horse mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. I, I would actually be happy he right. won. Then
3: I mean, I mean, there's just. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry if you're a Chase Elliott fan out there. If Chase Elliott happens to be listening to this podcast saying, I want to listen to rambling about racing this week. is just something about Chase Elliott. I don't know what it is. It's cool that he's sponsored by Hooters. That's about the only car I could get behind. But like, that's a cool car.
4: Kind of like Alan's yeah. wiki, but. Yeah, they got I, pretty good chicken wings. Uh, yeah, they do. They do, got, they do got good wings.
3: Yeah, they do. But <laughs> But, I mean, other than that, I mean, if, if. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have a care in the world for Chase Elliott. I mean, to me. Their Buffalo sauce is good. Their Buffalo sauce is, is good. But, but now, yeah. we, now we'll talk about Corey LaJoy here real quick. He called his shot earlier in the week saying he wa- he's going to go all out for this race. He showed what he can do up there in the pack, although be it that this is somewhat like a Daytona in Talladega where it's a restricted play track. Everybody's kind of on a le- more level playing field, I should say. And, and that last lap. Chase Elliott came up and blocked. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what Chase Elliott did there. I feel like anybody else in that position would have gone up there and blocked. It's just that Corey LaJoy wasn't there all the way, and then he paid the price by going into the wall and finishing 21st, and everybody wants to talk about how good he ran. But I would have been more impressed with Corey LaJoy finishing second vice 21st. I
2: mean, he went for
3: it, checkers or wreckers. What does he have to lose? I, I felt like he had nothing to lose right there, but... Man, I mean, everybody
2: has just become such a huge thing on those type races. Right. And it's it really it does lead to a lot of wrecks, unfortunately.
3: It, it does. Yeah. And in that right there, I mean, and we're going to see it again at more races coming up. We'll here see throughout- it at
2: Tyler Dagan whenever we're there.
3: Not only Talladega, but I feel like Daytona in the final race of the season, Corey LaJoy has a chance to do well there and get his way into the playoffs. Although be it, I want oh, to bring I up. That, I want to bring out one more topic here before we get into our final thoughts and start wrapping up the show here. So, I mean, yeah, the blocking has become an issue, but I mean, in the words of Brakislawski, if you throw a block on me, I'm not moving. Yeah. And, and very easily could Corey LeJoy have taken out Chase Elliott.
2: I feel like I, and I, I, I couldn't have been upset because you you got a block through on you. You didn't check up. You're going for a win. It's it's a dang if you do, dang if you don't situation. Right. and it's, Some, it's, Somebody's going to be the hero and somebody's going to be the villain in that situation every time.
3: But unfortunately, in this situation, the most popular driver did throw the block. So there's no going to be villain in that point. It's just They're going to look at that as a racing incident, which I do. And in, in, in twenty four hours of cooling off, it's like okay, that was a racing incident. It, they Corlil Joy was going for it, good on him. Didn't work out. It is what it is. Yeah.
2: No, I'm, I'm with you.
3: So that was the Cup race. Uh, so we're gonna start wrapping it up here. Race it. Oh, no, I wanted to bring this up
4: here. I got something to bring up. Do you think Coral Joy would have been in that position if they didn't do the strategy on pit stop? Because they didn't take no tires. They just took straight feel. Yeah, when they took four tires. That'd put him in the back. Do you think he'd? Have, no. Do you think he had a car to drive it's, up to the front? It's,
2: it's too hard to pass. He he might have had a car, but it's just way too hard to pass.
4: So, that's what I was thinking. They they done a fantastic job on pit uh, pit stops. Yeah. No tires, just fuel. That gave him the track position. Yeah, I, I that. What led him to being I, up front?
2: I think he only took two tires to stop before that last one. So those left sides were super old. But what what was you want to bring up, Matt?
3: What I was going to try to bring up here was the playoffs. Here we got a few races to go here in the Twelve. playoffs, but my the big the big thing I see here is that when or right, well let me bring it up here. So,
2: like uh, the playoff standings, you got you know Centric's in thirteenth, and he's got to win, so he's locked in. But fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth is With, Ryan Blaney,
3: Marnie Torex Jr. Jr. Jr., and Christopher Bell. Yep. And what I'm looking at here, we have... Let me see to count out how many races we have here before the cutoff. We have New Hampshire, Pocono, three, four, five, six, seven races to go. Here's my big question. Do we see three more different winners locking themselves into the playoffs that aren't already on there, i.e. a Kevin Harvick, a Corey LaJoy, Eric Amarillo, Christopher... or Eric Jones, anybody like that that bumps out those guys, or do we see scenario where we see 17 different drivers and I don't know if there is a what do you do if there're 17 different drivers winning a race
2: there there is a rule I, I can't remember exactly what that uh probably like best I think it goes to average or, finishes and yeah. stuff like and that it probably yeah.
3: goes wins and then top 5s or second you, you know how they used to tie break ties if like okay we're going to go five wins okay that's tied up. Well, who has the most top fives? And down like that, you guys think that will be the tiebreaker? Should we get more than 16 drivers winning a race in the 2022 season?
2: Well, if y'all cover who you think would win it, could possibly win their way in while I look this up.
3: Well, who could possibly race their way in? I feel like a Kevin Harvick. Daytona is up for grabs. I'd say
2: Eric Jones on the Daytona thing.
3: Eric Jones is. A wild card. He's running very consistently this year. Michigan, I feel like it's going to be kind of uh, the top drivers are going to rise to the top. So is Pocono. Road course, we've seen road courses. Anything could happen on the road courses this season. I, I just feel like when we have two more road courses this season, Chase Elliott's going to be one of the favorites, if not Chase Briscoe. Okay, or just, uh, Larson. Yeah. So we got a lot of variables here from New Hampshire this next weekend all the way up to. Daytona and then the start of the playoffs at Darlington for the Southern 500. So we're going to see a lot of different things pop up here. I'm just curious to see what the final seven races are going to bring. I'm going to be uh, on the edge of my street, all, edge of my seat, all the way up to the playoffs starting here.
4: I think it could be done. I think we can get the, like, cause you got to think Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, Eric Jones, uh, Ryan Blaine. They have normally, normally have won a race by now. I'm I'm surprised we haven't seen all sixteen drivers locked into the
3: playoffs. And at that point it's like, why not just start the playoffs? I mean, I don't know, but you know what I mean. If you clinch a playoff spot, and that's why I don't care about the play the win in your in scenario. Because if yeah. a scenario like this where we could see someone else race their way in on points, and it's gonna be a very long shot for some of these guys. But I feel like you're gonna see some controversy come up here towards the end of the regular season into the playoffs here. That's just me there. But anything else? Race of the weekend for you guys, for Formula One and from Austria, Truck Series from Mid-Ohio, Xfinity and Cup from Racetrack there at Atlanta. And by the way, SRX, good to see Bobby Labonte claim his yeah. victory there. That was a fun race. It was a short race, but Bobby Labonte won. It was good seeing Greg Biffle, Bobby Labonte, and all those old Series Cup Series drivers race against each other with Alan Bestrick and Connor Daly calling the race. Really like the SRX series, it's simple, but congratulations to Bobby LeBlanc. So SRX, Formula 1, NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series. Race of the weekend for you guys.
2: I didn't get to, go ahead, Austin. No, you go ahead. I didn't get to see the uh, F1. I, I'm going to go with the Cup Series race Sunday. Uh, that's going to be my race of the week. And To uh, mention all that, what we were talking about, if there are more than sixteen drivers that win, say there's seventeen, then it goes by wins and then points. So you could be you could technically be seven, you know, the seventeenth car, but if you've got more points than the sixteenth car, so like if you win if there's sixteen that's already won and there's a seventeenth winner at Daytona. If that 17th winner actually has more points than the 16th driver, he bumps the 16th driver out. It's going to be very
3: interesting to see what's going to go happen here towards the end of the playoffs, I'm, or, or towards the end of the regular season. I can't wait for that. Real quick, I, I think we're on Austin here. Race of the
4: weekend for you. Yeah, I'm going to go a cup, cup race. Um, I hate to miss the F1 race, but Xfinity race and truck race is good, but cup race is going to do it for me. The Cup
3: race was a good race, but so was the Formula One Grand Prix from Austria. Seeing Car- Charles Leclerc get that victory and all the struggles that he had. He had some throttle issues that he had to work through. Carlos Sainz having engine issues, catching on fire there. I mean, we, I, That was a good race there. I'm going to have to go with the Formula One race from Austria there. And now we get for get into the ra- upcoming races for this weekend here. We're going to start off with IndyCar, the Honda Indy Toronto. That's literally what it's called, Honda Indy, Indy Toronto. There from Ontario, Toronto, Ontario, July 17th at 3.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's going to be on Peacock, so hopefully everybody has Peacock and has access to that. I want to say you might not have to pay for it, but maybe you do, maybe you don't. Let us know in the comments below if you do have to pay for that. And then we get up to the races that we see, the trifecta races that we see coming up here for that we picked a few weeks ago for the, I think it was the Iceberg here, the Iceberg episode, the New Hampshire, Pocono, and Indy road course coming up here, the flat tracks here that we're kind of seeing what the car will do, the Gen 7 car will do on there. going we race in New Hampshire for the Xfinity and Cup Series. The Xfinity Series will be racing New Hampshire Saturday, July 16th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on USA. And on Sunday, July 17th at 3 30, at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on USA will be the New Hampshire race there for the Cup Series. Formula One's off this weekend. They'll be racing the following weekend from France. So looking forward to that. And real quick, do we have an SRX race coming up here this weekend?
2: Mm-hmm. It's uh, Missouri, I Missouri, believe, or Missouri. Kansas uh, it's a dirt
3: race. Oh, okay. That'd be fun. So from Missouri, the SRX series on eight, uh, CBS will be there. And yeah, it's always fun. That's going to be a Saturday race. So go check that out. It usually starts around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the heat races and in the main feature there. Should be a lot of fun. Never a never dull moment there for the SRX series. But, gentlemen, anything else before we get into our final thoughts, our this week in NASCAR and our fantasy standings?
2: I'm nope. good.
3: All right. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud sponsor of Burns Radio, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate with. Fanatics, you can find all your latest and greatest NASCAR skiers to get you ready for this coming up season, such as T-shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast, and so much more. But you don't only really have to stop in there and buy NASCAR gear. I get all my ladies and greatest Washington Capitals gear from there.
2: Yeah, and not only do you get hockey gear and stuff like that, I go on there. That's where I swear, get all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tide,
3: man! It's a one-stop shop for all your sports gear needs. No matter what sports you're interested in, all purchases help out Burns Radio. Bring you latest and greatest content and keep us on the air to bring you guys that content through the radio. If you head over to RamblingAboutRacing.com under our partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. Take you right there. Go do your shopping there for this upcoming racing season or for whatever sports you want. Go check them out.
2: White flag, white flag.
1: White flag, white flag. White flag. One lap to go. One lap right here.
3: Final thoughts here on rambling about racing switched it up on you guys. I, mean, I promise yeah, yeah. I promise for you want you guys watching YouTube and Facebook and Twitter there live you there will be a video there before you know it there but now we get into our final thoughts here of rambling about racing. Thank you for everybody who showed up here whether you're on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube live, listening on your regular podcast platform or Burns Radio. Do appreciate it. Uh appreciate the support. Appreciate the questions. Thanks for Stephen Mazzali coming on and talking about his debut in the truck series there from Mid Ohio. Hope to have him back on. Hoping to have a lot of other drivers back on throughout their career here towards the end of the season here when everything starts dying down. But now we get into our final thoughts again. As we said at the top of the show, we're not going to have a question of the week. We're going to use those questions and throughout the course of the show. I feel like it's a better flow for the show. We're not saying, oh, we'll save that for the question of the week. We'll talk about it right here on the current episode, so it's fresh in our minds, and so it's not old news as well. But I'd like to uh, say that if you still want to contribute to that, and if you listen to it, the show on your regular podcast platform, you're not live here on Facebook or Twitter. Even if you do watch it on Facebook or twitter or youtube you can still use hashtag what do you think itm and bring up the issue here whether it be the chase Elliott media thing at the pool room or ross chastain track house racing anything else bring it up using hashtag what do you think itm and we'll definitely respond to you and bring it up next episode but charlie do you want to get started on the fantasy standings following the race there at atlanta and i must say I updated my standings or updated my fantasy roster. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't have to no.
2: because you had a good run this weekend. All right. I did. Top 10 here. B93 is 10th. Summers Racing is 9th. Smoking Woody, 8th. Matt, you're sitting 7th. Uh, Super Sumo is 6th. SMR R&D, 5th. SMR Operations, 4th. S Blades third, Matt Camper second, myself is still first. It's the only points I'm leading after this racing weekend, but it is what it is sometimes. Matt Camper gained some points on so me. We're exactly 100, part, 100 points a piece from first to second, and then a little more than that to third. So that's your fantasy league update.
3: All right. Now I'm just trying to find you a good one here. I, I Again, a disclaimer here. I cleaned up everything here, so I didn't have time to. Do it, and and that's really an excuse, and I feel like it's a bad excuse for what I didn't do to try to contribute to this week's show. So I'm trying to find you a good, okay. Well, here's one; it's not that far off here. I think we're getting squeezing in here, and this is a good one. I think everybody would be surprised about this. July sixteenth, nineteen eighty-three. Dale Earnhardt drives his Ford, Ford, to Victory Lane in the Nashville four twenty. For his first short track win in three years, Dale Earnhardt outruns Darrell Waltrip by more than a half a lap to score his eighth career win. And that happened July 16th, 1983. Dale Earnhardt did indeed drive a Ford to victory lane. So use hashtag WhatDoYouThinkITM to tell all the Dale Earnhardt Jr., I buy a Chevy because it's a Dale Earnhardt thing. Well, Dale Earnhardt drove a Ford to victory lane in 1983. Boom. It's
4: what probably, team What team was he driving for then? Probably Austrian one.
2: It's probably on a time Fords were winning back then. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> no,
4: nah, uh, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> just kidding here. But, hey, gentlemen, that was our show. Everybody, that was our show. Thank you again for everybody tuning in. And I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Anything else before we wrap it up here?
2: Uh, I'm I'm good buddy we'll we'll wrap it up we're almost an hour and a half into it so
3: Jason Reeves said Bud Moore that one hundred race for Bud Moore in 1983 that's why we have fan interaction thank you Jason
4: so okay no only thing I gotta say is good luck to Howie I think he's running this weekend and uh he yeah, is running good. in
3: New Hampshire we'll give a quick shout out to Howie running in New Hampshire there in the Xfinity series for who is it Spire? not Spire but um Alpha. Uh a Alpha Prime, yeah, Alpha Prime, Alpha Prime. Some reason. We're still looking forward to Talladega with Howie, and that, that's going to be that is going to be a wild night if Howie pulls off to win at Talladega. Ooh, after is going to be fun. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But Charlie, you have anything else before we get into uh, before we wrap up the show here? No, I'm good. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you so much for everybody tuning in, whether you were on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube Live, or if you're on your regular podcast platform or Burns Radio later on later on in the week. Really do appreciate that. Thank you to Stephen mazzali for showing up to this week's episode, talking about his Truck Series debut there with Rayum Brothers Racing. Congratulations on the 22nd finish. Make sure to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com to links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. for Stay up to touch with what's going on here on this rambling about racing. I'd like to especially take this time to thank everybody who's joined us on Twitter during the last couple of weeks. Really do appreciate that. Thank you to our partners, Stand Up to Cancer and Fanatics. And for Charlie Herkus, Austin Reeves, I'm Matt Bingler. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week.